come. Oh, yeah, the time is now. The State of Combat with Brian Campbell returns. And you better believe it's back to invade your personal space with another dose of that performance-enhancing audio, the Brian Campbell. Hey, the last time I checked, folks, still the voice that you hear, still the name that's on the marquee, still the bod that runs the damn prod, pod, prod, pod, and it is the pro wrestling edition of the show. You did come to the right place. So you know, of course, what our main priority is going to be. The main priority is, is to get the body in the proper position for the Strapation Dudes. Oh, wow. I love the some Strapation Dudes. Yes. Uh, consider this a roll-out-the-balls edition of the SOC Pro Wrestling Show. No rundowns, no main events, no plans, no expectations for a few different reasons, folks. Not only was WWE Entertainment... Not what I needed it to be this close to WrestleMania, but your boy BC still washed, still sick, still coughing. Also woke up with a broken back. Doctor said I need a back of Yes, a little bit uh, washed here. And your boy, Adam Silver King, lost his voice. He's been working so hard lately. He's right in the midst of National Signing Day. This is a washed group of pro wrestling guys right now, but you know we play her. You know we bring it to you no matter what, so let me bring that guy in. He's a shell of himself. He's washed. Here we go. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, yeah. He, he hedges out of control, although the people, they're starting to turn. Starting to turn on the truth. Here's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, as Brian said, not much voice here today, folks. I'm going to keep it as brief as I possibly can. You can get in those hedging shots at this time, BC, because I'm not going to be able to argue with you on this edition of uh, the SOC. Wow. This ultimate thrill ride, uh, Silver King, will be your last ride if you keep speaking like that. I don't know if that voice can make seven minutes on this show. <laughs> this may be a quick bonus edition. Hey, I call it the roll out the balls uh, version because uh, I had this great gym teacher in high school, Coach Peters. He was the head football coach. And you know what he used to do for gym t- class? Nothing. You know what he used to do? Go down in the basement football office and plan the X's and O's for next week. So each week's lesson, we didn't have to do uh, line dancing. We didn't have to do soccer. We didn't have to do any of those BS ones. He grabbed a bag of balls. He rolled them out. He said, go play basketball. No supervision. Yeah, we... The Wild West. I love it. This is a Coach Peters edition of this show. Nogtuck High School, baby. Go Greyhounds. Yeah, we had, we had gym teachers like that too. What they did, they didn't even get that probably creative. They just literally took a bag of dodgeballs out and they told us to line them up. They told us to pick teams and they told us to play and they basically just sit, sat there. Now, that said, I love dodgeball. So, and I was very good at dodgeball too. So, I was down to do that any single time they brought it out. But I, I don't even think kids play dodgeball anymore in school. I, I think, think it's, it's like too offensive outlawed. this generation. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. My kids- I mean, it is, listen, it is violent and it is dangerous. But it was fun. Four squares making a comeback. My kids are big on four square these days. It's like, really? I thought that died in 84. Oh, we play that. And we also played, uh, I forgot what it was called, but you basically sat your ass on like this little tiny four wheeled device and you held on with handles. And there was some game. I, I don't remember what it was called, but it was fun. And we used to play it all the time. All right. All right. Silver King going back, going back to 1984. Back when you were pooping in diapers, brother. That's what That's I'm true. talking about. Right? I was there hey um we got a lot of wrestling to get to to, whether it was good or bad maybe some overarching some some uh you know macro stories to break down here 
we also want to remind you that if you like this show, and look, I know you do. Why else would you spend two hours with us per week? Look, I've spent many hours with us. We're not that interesting, okay? But you enjoy spending two hours with us each week. So why don't you pay it forward and do what Booker T tells you? It's all about the five folks. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume. Look, I don't care where you consume it, all right? But I want you to consume it. I want you to spread the word like wildfire. Hey, I want to get up to 500 reviews on this show so we can do something special, a bonus episode, maybe a Mount Rushmore episode. Silver King, maybe it's time. We're getting close. You know, we're in WrestleMania season where we reveal the four heads on that Mount Rushmore. And, you know, with membership, it does have its privileges. Maybe they'll get their own episode to come on here and tell the Silver King what they really think. Oh, of so I, I wouldn't go too far with that, BC. But I think more important, and I do care about the Mount Rushmore, but a little bit more important than that is we need to probably this week, maybe next week, actually discuss our WrestleMania plans. What are we doing there? Where are we going to go? Are we going to do anything special for the podcast? Will there be merch? I don't know. I, I think we have a lot of great possibilities. I'm excited. I have not been to New York in quite some time. Um, I'm planning to do as much as I can. I'm taking a full week of vacation before WrestleMania week in New wow. York. So Silver King is going to be going to the High Line, going to Central Park, uh, the Memorial, you know, Madison Square Garden, unfortunately, for a Knicks game. I mean, geez, really ruining that franchise. But um, I'm really pumped up. So I need plans and we need to make them very, very soon. Wow. Silver King trying to get the people involved in his plans. You're, you're trying to find you. You're going to wake up in a, in a tub somewhere in an abandoned building without a kidney if you get too close. To oh, I didn't say I was inviting anyone anywhere. I'm just saying those are things I will be doing. All right. All right. By the way, every time the Mount Washington comes up, Silver King turns the topic in another direction. I don't know if he's about that life, if he's about the people. Oh, I'm about the people, but you know some of the ones that you suggest, I don't necessarily think deserve placement. Wow! And there's some that you don't, box. and there's some that you don't mention who really deserve consideration. A Black Saber Junior, as an example, All right. not All even right. considered. Meanwhile, guy's been with us from the beginning, right? I think this is more of a, a front, a slant against the great Bob Backlund at Talkbox. He's blocked again, by the way. Wow! They, yeah. The truth comes out now. The truth. <laughs> no, is no, it just back. it just happened like last week. Yeah. Wow. He disrespected me and my family through the media waves. You know exactly. That's exactly what happened. He yep. paid the price. You know, ultimate. It's the ultimate price and the ultimate thrill ride. All right. So there would be nothing face to face between you and uh, Talkbuck at uh, WrestleMania. Oh, in in face, you know, in person is totally different. I'll ha I'm happy to talk to anyone, but I don't need to be harassed on Twitter. So wow. you know, I take care of I take care of business. Wow. Nothing face to face. Yeah. Nothing face to face. Nothing face to face. You got it. It's all yeah, I got it. I got it. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to have a lot of wrestling for you right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is the next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.
and we're back. Silver King. Uh, this is a no rules edition. There's no segments. There's no topics. What do you want to talk about? What's going on? You want to talk to me about Saturday night's main event from 1985? I'm ready, bro. I remember. I can't. I was one years old. I, don't, I barely remember it. All right. All right. All right. I've probably seen it once ever. Uh, no, I think the thing to talk about this week, the, the top the top topic on everyone's lips is Becky Lynch, right? I mean, she led Raw and SmackDown. When's the last time someone actually did that? That wasn't the McMahon or Triple H, okay? Led both shows. Uh, but if I'm being honest, look, you know I love Becky. You know I love Hunter. And you know I love Ronda Rousey and Charlotte for that matter. But I thought they were all good. I, don't, I didn't think anything was great this week on, in, regarding Becky Lynch and in, in setting up this storyline that we're now been, we've now been thrust into. Yeah, I, we, you and I didn't uh, uh, share opinions before this, but I actually have to be right there with you. Like, I certainly applaud WWE for taking somebody who's red hot and putting them out there to the people because that's what we want. We want right. Becky to open both shows. We want a surprise appearance on Raw. We want it. And I felt even though it was wrapped in Attitude Era wrapping paper, and especially Raw was, where you thought you were getting this great big gift, it wasn't like it was a failure I just feel like it was okay, and then and I needed a little bit more than okay. It was, of course, Becky getting suspended on Raw for avoiding uh, going to the doctor, getting medically cleared for her left knee injury, it led to an assault on Steph, and then we saw her go face-to-face with Trips on Tuesday night coming through the crowd, and certainly I love that interaction. Certainly I love the attack on Steph, but I think overall it was missing... It was missing the meat. It was missing something new, fresh, some form of storyline. I don't know if they properly connected all these dots with this whole injury angle. Why isn't she getting... I mean, she's teased that she doesn't trust them, but I feel like it's a little bit hollow. She, Does that she make hasn't, sense? She has, not ex, she has not explained and articulated her reason, and that's the biggest key. Now, what they're trying to do very clearly to me, and don't forget, we talked about when Ronda Rousey coming out of WrestleMania attacked Stephanie on Raw. We said, wow, they're going to book Rousey like Austin, right? No, they're not booking Rousey like Austin. They're booking Becky Lynch like Austin. Yes. Because there is a direct parallel between this storyline that they tried to play out Monday and Tuesday and the initial like Steve Austin, Mr. McMahon confrontation when McMahon wouldn't let Austin compete because of his neck and suspended him and all these things happened. So it is a very strong parallel there. The difference is you knew exactly where Steve Austin stood, why he had his opinion. He was just a badass. He wanted to fight, right? He didn't care. With Becky, you know, she the storyline part of it isn't that she wants to fight her, which is kind of part of it. It's that she doesn't trust the doctors and she doesn't trust the McMahons. But she has, and while she's intimated to that and she's made note of it, she has not just come out and said it. She needs yeah. to come out and say. Look, you you guys and those doctors screwed me out of Survivor Series, and now you're going to screw me out of WrestleMania. You nailed it. And, That's the missing and, connection. But right she's there. not saying it, and it's so weird for Becky to be the one missing it. Now, maybe they're telling her not to and to save that for next week. We do have like 60 days until Mania, but she's the one messing up here or – in the storyline, she's the one that's lacking, where it should never be her lacking. It should always be the McMahons and the authority. And one other thing, Daniel Bryan, when I interviewed him for this podcast, right, ahead of the Royal Rumble, you asked him, hey, or you wanted me to ask him, which I did, you know, can a white meat baby face still get over? And he said yes, 
as long as you don't make them look like a fool and you don't make them look weak. They're making Becky Lynch look weak. They don't mean to do it, but they are doing it by her not explaining, no, I don't trust you, DTA. That's why I won't get checked. Instead, she's basically just standing there shrugging, saying, well, no, I, I, they won't clear me, so I'm not going to get checked. That doesn't make DTA, any sense. DTA, brother, don't trust anybody. Right. No, I think you nailed it right there. There, there was something. This should have been a, a badass, great moment. Oh, my God, we're back in the Attitude Era. Instead, it came out a little bit hollow. They're not doing her a great favor. By the way, they didn't do us a great favor as fans this week. For everything I talked about them being back, it's WrestleMania season. This week, not a disaster. This week also, though, I didn't need to watch it for the main. You know, I th- when the Becky part on Raw was the best moment of Raw, I think that's when you have a problem. SmackDown a little bit better, but again, SmackDown didn't really move me as much. But hey, some people have uh, thoughts and questions here that they want to jump in on. Kentucky Long Rifle, what is that, an email? Hey, our buddy Omar Al-Rashid from Down Under, from Melbourne. Another person who you don't consider for the Mount Rushmore. Uh, well, that's who should wrong. Get that's straight up wrong. I was just going to say, one of the uh, guys on the short list of the nominees okay. for the Mount Rushmore list from Melbourne. I like to call him an Aussie. I've been told to call people Aussies, though. No, Omar Al-Rashid, my boy, he's an Aussie. And he wanted to echo your point. He says, yo, so when Ronda came into WWE, they wanted her to be stone cold. But now it looks like Becky is taking that spot. And now I'm going to ask you Omar's question. Silver King, is Ronda doomed to be Ken Shamrock instead? No, no. I think Ronda has sky high limitless potential. But and but, but that, that being said. Shamrock did not have a bad WWE career. No, underrated. Now, he just didn't have Brock Lesnar's career. But no, I, I think what, what will determine Rousey's ceiling and her future is how long she stays with the company, whether she takes a break. And then if she does take a break and have a kid, if when she comes back, she's there for the long haul or is just going to make spot appearances. But my guess is especially with competition coming up, AEW and others, Vince needs Ronda Rousey on TV. Even if she takes a break, that's okay. But he's going to want her on TV. And she, guess what? She does put butts in seats. People do care about her, love her, or hate her, and she will draw ratings and draw attention and pay, and uh, WWE Network buys. So I think he will pay her the same way he pays Lesnar. And I, if if she's going to make that kind of money, why wouldn't she do it? She loves it. That's fair. That's fair. And by the way, Ken Shamrock, I think, was better as a wrestler than people realize because not a lot of people realize that he started in pro wrestling on the lower indies before he ever got into Pancrase or UFC. And now I think he's got one of those careers that is aging like a fine wine when you look back on it, right? You look back on it, you go, he was, he was Shamrock was good. great. And he came in in the hottest time period, obviously, as well. So that helped him. And at a time, let's be honest, WWE's roster was thin yeah. right at that point when they started to mount up and take back the 83 weeks. And he was a big part of that. The question here, though, was about Ronda. I think you nailed it. But you said that the, that the potential is limitless. I'm starting to think that I'm seeing the ceiling now, Adam. And I think that each week that she takes another step backward on the microphone, it's really starting to do a negative job to how she is perceived. And unless she gets turned into a dastardly heel that we can rightfully throw hate at and then eventually like again, because when when he, when being a heel is done right, Correct. we're going to eventually like you again. Her Correct. as a baby face, I don't think there's limitless potential anymore. I think she's quickly finding it. And every time she talks, she makes you forget how good she is in the ring. And we're going to have a ta- we're gonna have that talk right now about how she talks. And we got another DM slide from your boy. He comes to us from Africa from Super Duper Chike at Guru Vane. Hi, Brian and Adam. Chike again from Nigeria. Look at this podcast going worldwide. We He's, are. He said... 
So about that Ronda Rousey's in-ring promo, who are we blaming this time? Question mark. She had an opportunity to do what Adam said she's good at, which is talking ish. And she failed at that this uh, week. So hold no, on, I hold think... on. Let's let Chike finish. Okay. And she failed at that. No lines, just talk. Chike's getting inside your guard, Adam, and he's coming for you. What do you got? Well, he's wrong. I mean, if you listen to it, those were lines that either she wrote or they wrote. It doesn't matter. It was wordy and it was rushed. Now, to say she failed, she didn't fail. That was a step. If you're going from last week, it was a step forward. That was way better than obviously her bombing in the middle of the ring, right? That that was decent. And the her being a badass and saying a couple quick lines to Becky Lynch hammered home the point correctly. The problem was, and I didn't learn this, and I it's not an excuse because she's an adult now. Apparently, Rousey had a speech impediment as a child. There was like something like serious that she had to work through. But what she has said, and she said it on her own videos as well, and it's the point I keep making on the show, her promos are too wordy. And she rushes through them. And because of that, she gets mush mouth. And it just doesn't sound good. So I want you to go ahead and play. Do you have it? I have it. Let's 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 I want play you to first. play I want you to play her promo. Now, when you listen to it, I want you to listen to the first half and the second half. The first half is good. The second half is rushed and wordy. And I'm gonna explain to you how WWE should fix it. And by the way, how dare you say this wasn't a step backward? All right, here we go. Let's let the people decide. It wasn't. Go ahead. You know, Becky. You test the limits of my professionalism every time you stand in front of me and I don't implode your face. But I don't. Because I'm a professional and I have our pay-per-view to sell. You beating up Steph tonight, what did that do, huh? Did that sell our pay-per-view? You getting yourself suspended and robbing the women's evolution of our first main event at WrestleMania was unprofessional. What are you even doing here, huh? You need to stop showing up to hear the cheers for your weekly violin recital and instead stay home and rest up until WrestleMania so then you can finally receive the beating even your moping woe-is-me ass won't find some new reason to lament about. I see that, Um, All right. So, by the way, that last line was fire. Ice and Advil, bitch. That's a good line. Well, here's the problem, though. It took me nine consecutive times of rewinding it to understand what she said. Yeah, it's an issue. It's a major. Adam, this was it. Was it uh, the train wreck of the first half of last week? No, that's a rock bottom low moment. She tapped out to the fans. She repaired it to a degree at the end. This week, step backward again. uh, No, I'm I'm not saying it was a step backward because it was exactly what I'm at. Again, I'm asking her to say three lines and she said six. And it's that is in that's the inherent issue is she's speaking too much. Now, I want I'm going to read back and I'm going to speak a little bit more here because I'm so passionate about the Ronda Rousey promo situation. I'm going to read back with my voice. Not that my voice is great. It's not. But I'm clear, at least. Do you need I'm a shovel read, to, dip, to dig a deeper hole as you do? No, this, no. I'm going to read back the last part of that promo and then I'm going to show you how I would fix it. And I'm going to do it consecutively. This is what she wrote for herself. One would assume that if those reports are true, you need to stop showing up to hear the cheers for your weekly violin recital and instead stay home and rest up until WrestleMania. So then you can finally receive the beating. Even your moping woe is me ass won't find some reason to lament about no fighter speaks like that. No one off the cuff who is angry at someone and face to face with them is talking about violin recitals 
moping woe is me asses and the word lament. This is what she should have said using that exact phraseology. You need to stop showing up to hear the cheers and stay home, rest up until WrestleMania. Then you can finally receive the beating your moping ass deserves. It's the exact same, you know, statement, but with half as many words, what Ronda Rousey needs, and maybe it's because it's my actual job, she needs an editor. She needs someone to say, hey, write out what you want to say. I'll fix it for you. Because that is the issue with her. It's too many words and it's too fast. And by the way, BC, you can keep doing the DM slides for all people that disagree with me about Rousey's promos. And more importantly, people that agree with you that, you know, those I'm not explaining fans. myself I don't properly. pick the people that agree with me. Those are our fans. Those are our listeners. They're letting right, their BC, voice be heard. Why don't you hit it? Why don't you hit the sound one more time? All right. This is from Mike Grodziel. Sorry, man, your name is tough. At made M. up name, Grodziel. Okay, and he, he put both of us on it, and of course you wouldn't read it. Uh, catching up on the pod, Adam far and away explained himself perfectly on his feeling in whether Rousey should have been put in the position she was. BC doesn't listen to a single word Adam says. See, that's where that's what our listeners BC is. listens to every word, but he sees through it. So here's what happened this week. He doesn't see through anything. You didn't she even listen monster, to the DM I just read you. She took a monster step backwards. And you want to take credit for both sides. You want to say, yeah, it wasn't good, but no, it wasn't a step backwards. And here's what she should have done instead. And never in there are you doing what you should do, which is coming to a point that say, she's not getting any better. She's getting worse. And here's the kicker. It's her fault. And the reason why it's her fault is because we both. Week. Nah, it's always hedged with a. It's but not hedged, WWE Brian. It's me actually explaining to you the issue. I'm saying she's getting worse and it's her fault. Here is why she's getting worse. It's explaining. I just explained to you, hey, the first half of that promo, not bad. The second half, not good. Here's why. A, she rushes. B, she tries to fit too many words in a short, what should be a short sentence. I then rewrote her promo to show you that's what she should have said. Because she didn't say what I did. Yes, it was bad. And it was her fault. She's, she's writing these terrible promos. control, I think, from what we think we know on the outside looking in. Probably too much creative control at but this point. I don't even know if it's like de- – I'm curious if it's demanded creative control or it's just that they said, hey, write your own promos. Because shouldn't someone be saying to her, Vince or Hunter or one of the women, Rhonda, you're amazing in the ring. You have potential to be an all-time women's wrestler if you keep at it and you train and, and you're, you don't have to plan matches all the time, right? But your promos really need work. Let us help you. There's no way that she, she doesn't seem like the type of person for all the character concerns people do have about her day to day and maybe in her personal life. She doesn't seem like the type of person who would be difficult in that manner. I mean, I've seen behind the scenes being at big WWE events when she's there. There's a a bending over of of uh, making sure she's happy that well, she's a star yeah. that you don't see with everybody else. So granted, look, that's not a surprise. Like you said, she's a star. She's a little you know, she's separate, even though she's coming into this full time world. I just think that no one's trying to get in her way to make her unhappy. Here's what I wonder. I wonder if WWE knows that it's most likely after Mania, like some of these reports we've heard, that she'll do, do let's say, the, the pay backlash one right after it, and then take some time off to maybe attempt to have uh, children start a family or whatever. And maybe they're just like, look, let's get her to the finish line of Mania. Let's keep her happy. Let's just get her there. Let's not piss her off. 
you know, and, and, and then we want to use her again. But here's what I'm yeah. saying about the problem with this taking a step back every week. And, yeah, I, I think you did nail why she's doing it wrong. She's saying dialogue that no one would ever. And I look, I know pro exactly. wrestling isn't Oscar winning acting. It's it's always going to sound like a bad soap opera, but it doesn't even sound like a regular bad soap opera. But it's just coming off as lame, unbelievable. So it's starting to get to the point, Adam, or maybe not starting, maybe escalating where – this the special factor is gone. I don't really want her in these spots anymore. I don't really want her around anymore. I'm kind of done with the Ronda Rousey experiment. Obviously, she still does it for me in the ring, but unless they're going to give her a mouthpiece or unless they're going to turn her dastardly heel, and look, maybe she's going to end up aligning with Steph for all we know on the build to Mania. I still think they won't for commercial reasons, which we've already talked about, but the point is this. I don't like her anymore. I don't like her character. I don't want her on the screen anymore. And I don't think I'm one specific person who had a grudge for her or who's trying my best to always be anti your take. That's not the point. I think I'm speaking for the the voice of this podcast. Maybe besides you and that DM guy, I think I'm speaking for us. I don't think people want her around anymore. It's getting worse. I get, I do get tweets that, hey, you know, Adam, you're wrong or whatever the case. But honestly, the vast majority I get agree with me. It's she's not good at promos. She struggles mightily, but she could be good enough. She could be passable. And there have been instances in her one-year WWE career where she has cut promos that were totally passable and occasionally good. And you normally see that in the latter half, not this time, but usually when she's in the ring, in the latter half of her promo where she just has a sticking point. They can't. There's no way that they're just throwing up their hands and say, let's get to WrestleMania when they need to build the road to WrestleMania. So what they basically need to do, and I've been saying this for a month, give her three lines, let her hammer home her point and get out. And if you want to put Triple H in the ring to help her, like like basically he did on on Tuesday night and like Stephanie did on Monday and you want that help, then fine. Give them give her help. Help them articulate the storyline that she maybe can't. But you can't just take the mic out of her hands, number one. She's a wrestler, and she's possibly, probably main eventing WrestleMania. And two, she does have the ability to hit the hammer home on a three-line promo. But you're not, you're not forcing her to do that. You're allowing her to talk for a minute and a half. She shouldn't be giving that opportunity. They're putting her in a position to fail by putting her in segments like that because she's not good enough to succeed. Uh, look, you could go – you can – you can come out here on this podcast and say WWE's at fault, which you kind of just did, and then you can hedge it back and say, I didn't say that. I don't care. The whole point is this, Adam. It's getting worse, and it's making her unlikable. What's and getting worse is you that. calling me for hedging things that aren't hedging. It's me having a conversation and explaining a, a failing situation to you. Here is why it's failing. But we're out, we've established that. Now it's, look, you've got a major problem, WWE, on her hand. She's the one making her being there not special anymore, not all they that are. fun. No, they are by putting her in a in the poor position. She she is failing, but they're not putting her in a, a position to succeed. Why is that hard to understand? It's it's obvious. It's like it's like if I can't think of a specific guy, right? But if you had a wrestler who was given a horrible gimmick, okay, but he was actually a pretty talented wrestler, but you gave him a horrible gimmick. Well, he can do everything he can to make that good, and maybe he is talented. But if you have him in a role that he's not going to succeed at, he's screwed from the get-go. And them having her be out in the ring the night after the Royal Rumble with a crowd that you know is going to be 
crazy and is going to probably boo her, especially because Lynch is there. And they're going to be cheering for Becky, who just won the Royal Rumble. You're putting her in a position to fail. Now, she did fail. No question. And she failed even worse than the position they put her in. But they put her in the position. It's they not hard to understand. They also put her in the position to headline WrestleMania, and there's a sink or swim element to that. Uh, the reason why we get into this debate of, of hedging is because I'm thinking that you're sounding too much like a parent coming back from the parent-teacher conference going, I know they said all these things about my kid, and it's probably true, but it's the teacher's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like what we're what I'm trying to say is I don't know if she's good enough right now to fill this WrestleMania main event spot. In the match, sure. In the build, I don't know. I don't think it's getting worse. It's getting hairy out there. There's hair. I'm seeing hair where there shouldn't be hair. It's getting hairy out there. What do you think about this hair? I mean, I know I sound out of control right now, but the question is this, Adam. We talk about should it be a triple threat? Should it be Ronda versus Becky? Hey, should it be Charlotte versus Becky instead? Well, it shouldn't be Charlotte versus Becky because um, we can see that forever, right? And Ronda's time is limited in WWE. So I disagree that she's taking her – she's ruining her um, – I don't think she's ruining the Bill to Mania, nor do I think she's hurting herself too bad by her promos, but it's certainly not helping. But when we get to the match, look, the fans, what they really want is Becky versus Ronda, right? Those are the two featured in this build. It feels like – in real life, in addition to in storyline, that they're going to shoehorn Charlotte into this match. And it's like you and I have both gone back and forth about this. And usually I think we've been on the same side where at first we said it needs to be Becky and Ronda. Then after that Becky Charlotte match, we're like, you know what? Maybe it should be a triple threat. And like we got juiced for it, right? And then we came back around and we're like, you know what? No, it's Becky and Charlotte, especially after the Royal Rumble, right? And that stare down on Monday night. I'm there. That's where I'm at. I think that's where I'm going to end. I would not mind if Charlotte is in the match. I will not flip out like some Becky Lynch fans would. But it should be one-on-one. It should be Becky Lynch directly going over Ronda Rousey via pinfall or submission and winning and getting that WrestleMania moment. Putting Charlotte in that match, it reduces the effect, especially if they put Becky over Charlotte. Then Rousey doesn't take the fall, and then it's like, what was the point? Right, If she's going to be undefeated for a year in singles competition and she's going to be the women's champion, you don't want her losing the title that way. Especially because then she's not going to get a rematch and Becky won't even get the opportunity to go over her. So if it doesn't end with – I'm more concerned about the way the match ends. The match needs to end with Becky hitting a finisher or locking Ronda Rousey in the disarmor and getting the win over Rousey. I don't necessarily care if Charlotte's in the match. But if that's not the finish and they put Charlotte in that match, not only to increase – the profile of the match because she has a flair. But if they put her in that match so that she can take the fall, that's a huge mistake. I get it now. WWE's using Rousey. They realize she's gone as far as she can go star-wise for them. They're using her for the main event of WrestleMania to historically hit the, the first women's main event to use her name to draw the eyes in. That's why they're not fixing her on the mic. They think there's, it's unfixable. They think they've gone too far with this. They've tried. They're going to use her. It's going to be a triple threat. Really, this match is Becky versus Charlotte, and they're just using Ronda's name to get it to that level. That's my last word on Ronda. Hmm, that was your last word, but our fans have one more word they want to say. This is a DM slide from a first-timer, Jordan at Won't Do the Job. Wow. Wow, that's an interesting handle right there. He says, fact. The president can cut a better scripted promo than Ronda Rousey. If you lose, 
I get to shave your head. Well, I mean, obviously, the president is a WWE Hall of Famer. I mean, how how stupid does that guy sound, right? He also has a prompter and is talking one word a minute, but I don't necessarily want to talk about him. Wow, wow, this guy Silver King's all fired up. I love it. All right, you know what I do want to talk about, Silver King? I want to talk about NXT and essentially, by extension, the halftime heat we saw during the Super Bowl. I didn't see it live. You know, I was I was sitting with my wife and kids, had a nice fire going, watching some uh, Ad- Adam Levine shirtless, if you will. Wife was getting into it. Uh, we in my house, in my household, we thought it was a successful halftime show. Oh, Come to find garbage. out, it got panned worldwide. In my household, it was a big winner. You know, five star, maybe six melts, maybe six. But, we should um, we should uh, we should cut Titus saying worldwide as a future drop. That that'd be a good drop. All right, all right, thank you. We'll, right? we'll have this conversation live you've, on the air. Well, you right. you've just said it three times in the show already worldwide, and I, every time you do it, I keep, keep thinking worldwide so it'd be nice That's yeah, well, all. shout out to titus uh university of florida alumni there there's That's the right. connection That's um right. look halftime heat what do you got for me what'd you think oh i did not watch it live i watched the super bowl uh unfortunately that halftime show that should have been just outcast no one else should have been outcast for 30 minutes but um so i didn't watch it live i did watch it that night immediately after because i mean the names in that match were incredible look there's nothing else to say right it was great it was great. Was the production great? No. Um, but taping in the performance center is difficult. Um, that said, despite it missing a couple key moments in the match, um, the crowd was hot. It was, I think, I think I saw a report. It was all WWE and wrestler uh, fans, uh, uh, not fans, uh, family that was going to watch the Super Bowl at the performance center, which is pretty cool. So they all got to do that at halftime. But the fans like helped it along with the proper chance at the proper times. It was just loud enough where it didn't feel like it was at the performance center. It felt like it was just in a small arena. Um, and the match was great. It was nonstop action with six of the best wrestlers in the company. I don't know what's not to like. I think the problem for me was that I didn't watch it live and I saw all the early reviews of this thing was incredible. DM slides up the kazoo saying, oh my God, you got to watch this thing. So I'm expecting, you know, something life-changing that I've never seen before. After watching it, it wasn't, you know, and, and, and for example of a DM slide, shout out to Doug Spare Tire at Doug underscore Couteur, a guy we've heard from a lot. He's like, holy effing crap, BC. You know, oh my God, halftime, hey, halftime heat, oh my spot fest, a straight up car crash. I loved every damn second of it. NXT really showed out this weekend in a lot of big ways. Hashtag in trips we trust. Well, Doug, I appreciate your opinion. Silver King, I appreciate yours as well. I watched it. I was entertained, yes, but I'm also an NXT fan. And I knew what to expect when you put together the six Becks NXT guys, arguably, without a storyline, because there wasn't one outside of the, the post-takeover sort of attack. Which See, I, didn't so I'm just going to gonna pause you. I'm going to pause you really quick. That was enough of a storyline. All right. Well, that, that's well, then let's have this debate. If that was fine for you. So I'm not coming here with this negative take like, oh, my God, I, I hated it. No, it was entertaining. But here's my point. What was it? This is where my question is. If this was on Fox... Because we know they're getting the WWE deal. Let's say Fox came out and said, look, get ready. September, October, we have the WWE. And by the way, if you don't want to watch the halftime show on CBS, tune into Fox right now and get a taste of it. If it was something like that, or if USA aired it, or something where you had an opportunity for non-WWE fans to essentially 
trip, stumble into it, right? And maybe you still did. Maybe there's people whose houses are WWE fans, and they had Super Bowl parties and said, hey, everybody, hold on. We're not going to watch Maroon 5. We're going to watch NXT. And people are like, what is NXT? And maybe they sat down and watched it and loved it. But my point is the way they set this up, Adam, I don't think it was angled and set up on the network in a way that you could trap casual fans. Because if you have the WWE Network, you're already a WWE fan. And I know they put it on Twitter or whatever, but like, how many people are going to find that at that moment? So what was well, they it? Listen, they did promote it on, on USA Network for, I think, two weeks on both Raw and SmackDown. Again, a show that wrestling fans watch. So my whole point is this. The idea of WWE coming out and putting the stars of NXT in a halftime special on the Super Bowl is great. If they put it on MTV or something like I mentioned and advertised it, but they put it in a spot for the most part where you're only there if you're a WWE super fan who already loves NXT. So for me, who already loves NXT coming off of a takeover, this match didn't really have a storyline. It was a really good six man tag match with fantastic guys in a car crash spot fest. Yes. But like, I've seen that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't get really what this was or what this accomplished. It was a match that to fill some time on halftime and try to steal some viewers from the NFL. And that's all it was. It wasn't meant to be. It was a showcase. It was a showcase match. It was the equivalent of Johnny Gargano going back to Evolve for a couple matches. Why is he there? He's not promoting NXT. If you watch Evolve, you know about NXT. He's going because it's fun and and it's something to do. and, And he probably wanted to go. These guys, they probably presented to them, hey, you guys want to do a match during halftime of the Super Bowl? They're like, hell yeah, of course we do. I mean, I think more people want now. I don't know the numbers, and I don't know necessarily how we get WWE Network reporting numbers. I would assume that not only during the Super Bowl, but after the fact, it got a good rating. It's six of the top guys. It was the go-home moment at the end of TakeOver. So everyone that was watching TakeOver saw that and was like, oh my god, that's awesome. That's a hot angle, right? And not everything in WWE and TakeOver proves that needs to be this massive, long, dragged out build. They gave us a storyline reason to have the match. They had the match. It was a car crash and it was awesome. And that's all that needs to be said about it. Why do we need to, you know, I'm, listen, I nitpick all the time, but we don't need to dissect every little thing. WWE decided, we talk about WWE not giving us good wrestling, right? They decided to give us a great six man tag match at halftime of the Super Bowl for bleeps and giggles. And they did, and they succeeded. I think I figured out my problem here, and it's obviously not because I'm anti-NXT. I love the crap out of NXT, and I think that's why I have a problem with it. Now, hear me out this. I'm going to play you the best part of this whole thing, which didn't air on Halftime Heat. It was a post-NXT Halftime Heat outside the locker, you know, outside the building in the the loading dock promo from the heel team that won, which is Aleister Black. Rick, I'm sorry, the Babyface team, right? I don't even yes. know who's who. Alistair the Black, Ricochet, yes. and Velveteen Dream. Check out this promo, which, by the way, is fantastic. It's the best brand in sports entertainment today. This is what's being bred inside the performance center here each and every day. This is the standard. This is what we do. This is who we are. The Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Alistair Black, born and bred NXT. <laughs> Let this be known. Showed out. Let this be known. It's more personal than Maroon 5. It is Raw. It is SmackDown. It is 205. It is NXT UK. It is Disney World. It is anybody who thinks that they can entertain the people better than NXT. 
better than the Velveteen Dream, better than Ricochet, and better than Aleister Black. There are no people, nobody with a soul that can do it better than us. Y'all can try. You Keep can try. dreaming, but it ain't never, ever going to happen. Okay, so that promo's obviously hot fire. It's great. It's unscripted. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look at us. We're the best. We just gave you this great car wreck match. But here's my problem. They really are the best. NXT, we have this argument all the time. Maybe outside of twice a year when NJPW during that magical time that seems to have just ended or maybe will continue in some form but not where it was with Omega on top. Maybe that's the only time twice a year they're better than what we get from NXT at the highest level. We know that as hardcore fans. They seem to know that as guys in the NXT locker room who are putting together these takeover cards. Here's the problem uh, that's almost disingenuous of WWE putting this promo out for me. It seems like everybody gets this, but Vince McMahon and the suits in WWE proper. So it's cool that Trips can take his little side thing because still that's what big WWE thinks of it and carries it and can say, we're the best, we're the best, put it out there, we're the best. If you're the best, which I'm telling you, you are the best, then put it as your best foot forward. I know we have this debate all the time. Ron SmackDown is a merch money-making machine. Look at the rights deal they just got to be on regular TV. But you can't tell me, Adam, if NXT wasn't the product that they were pushing to the masses in the fall on regular Fox, on primetime TV, that it wouldn't, in the long run, win over the hearts of more casual or lapsed wrestling fans than whatever product they are going to put out ever possibly will. So my problem with them doing this is this is nice. It shows that NXT rules. We already know that. You took a six-man match and marketed it to all your hardcore fans who already know that. If you really believe, WWE, that NXT rules, then one of two things has to happen. Either NXT needs a national television deal, or NXT needs to become SmackDown. Or what we love about NXT, not hints of it, but all of it need to become one of your two forward-facing brands, or this is just a show that doesn't matter. And the reason why I had these negative feelings watching Dream, Ricochet, and Black, who I love, deliver this, look at us, tell me there's not anything else in the world better than what we do. You're right. And guess what? You're going away soon to the main roster where you will not be as good as you are now. And if that sounds crazy or sour grapes, tell me this, Adam, outside of Samoa Joe and outside of Elias. Tell me someone from the moment NXT became what NXT is today. I'd say early 2015. Tell me someone on the main roster who's better on the main roster than they were in NXT. I'm talking about from the moment, let's say, where the Shield got called up after that because the Shield were were obviously better on the main roster. I mean, (laughs) maybe you like Rusev now better than Alexander Rusev. Maybe you can argue that the man Becky Lynch is better than what was really hot fire Becky Lynch in NXT. (laughs) Keep keep going because you're going to answer the question yourself. But that's it. Nobody. So I can sit here and be excited that Dream Ricochet in black just told me that they're the best thing in the world and they are, but they're going away because they're going to be on the main roster within the next six months and we know this and for all we know they're going to get put in the Vince vehicle and they're going to give 60 to 70 percent of what they're capable of and it won't suck because Smackdown and Raw still are watchable that's why we still watch it but it won't be as good as NXT is and as good as WWE could be so putting this out on halftime heat WWE, you don't care about what you have inside your house. This isn't me telling you guys to listen to AEW. This is watch AEW or watch NJPW. This is me saying inside of your house, you have something that's the best in the world. Put it out there. 
because you're just going to rob Black Dream and Ricochet from it, and you're going to water them down like you do everyone else. Adam, defend that. I mean, what part? The whole damn thing. Okay. Um. So NXT could it be on the could it be on a network television network? Yeah, it could, and it would be great. Uh, they want people to subscribe to the WWE network, and the most critically acclaimed part of their product is NXT. It gets subscribers to the network. That and pay-per-views. That's what the network offers. They do have back libraries and they do have specials and all these other events. But I'm not subscribing to the network for the Edge and Christian show. I'm not subscribing for Photoshoot. I'm not subscribing for the AWA tape library. Maybe if I was washed like you, I would, but I'm not. I'm young. Um, I subscribe to the WWE network for pay-per-views and NXT. And if you take away NXT from the network, unless you keep the takeovers on there, which I assume you would, I don't think that you're going to have the same viewership week to week, and you're not going to be able to keep those numbers. That's how good it is. That's how important NXT has become to the WWE brand because you can like 205 Live. You're not subscribing for it. You can like NXT UK. It's okay. You're not subscribing for it. You're subscribing for NXT, the takeovers, and the pay-per-views. That's number one. Uh, number two, I do actually when – you, when you were going on your rant, I thought you were suggesting that the entire main roster should be like NXT, and that's wrong because – you disagree with Vince all you want, not like the booking all you want. They're trying to appeal to a much larger audience than hardcore work rate wrestling fans. And that's primarily who NXT appeals to. Okay. But I do like your idea of changing one of the brands into that style, something where you can bring people up from NXT directly into, and they, you don't feel like they've lost a step. And I do think that with going to Fox and supposedly Fox telling WWE they want a more sports-like feel to the show. That might be something that happens. Now, let's not forget, we've been talking about this for the last year. SmackDown is a clearly better show than Raw, in large part because it allows the wrestlers to actually work, the storylines make sense, and it's consistent week to week, whereas Raw is not. So SmackDown is already like a 50-50 ground between NXT and Raw. They allow Almas and Mysterio to have really good matches. They allow Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe and AJ Styles to fight each other. Now, they're not headlining pay-per-views, and that's a whole other story that we, we've discussed plenty. But they are allowing these things to happen. I don't ever think you're going to get Raw or SmackDown to be exactly like NXT. And let's also not forget that NXT is one hour taped every week. So they're putting their best possible foot forward in a short period of time with what they present us from the NXT brand. Writing two hours of live TV, TV a week is very difficult. Writing five is even tougher. So to expect the quality of NXT on our live weekly show, you're just not going to get it. Well, I think there's a philosophical debate within that. Whereas I'm, I'm almost not even talking about the NXT episodes. Obviously, some of them are amazing. Some of them are just sort of standard because but not they set everybody... up even if, even if you're not talking about the episodes and you're just talking about the wrestling or the takeovers, the episodes set those things up. Uh, okay, but in general, I'm talking about the way they tell stories. So you can try to say, like, well, that's one hour per week plus takeovers compared to two hours per week on SmackDown plus pay-per-views. But the whole point is it's the the it's the, the, the theory behind it, the style behind it. It's WWE saying in this in this method, hey, this is the best in the world, NXT. But it's obviously not good enough to, for us to put it on our main things. So it, it just... I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so down in the dumps. And I didn't respond to this part point. I wouldn't be so down in the dumps about Hey, they bring them up. They're going to ruin them. I don't necessarily think that's true. Yes, there are people that happens to. Okay. But like 
the Ascension were never going to work on the main roster. Like, like the Vaude villains were never going to work on the main roster. Enzo and Cass, they split up. Both had individual issues with WWE itself. You know, they screwed themselves. Both of those guys were going to be better on the main roster, it looked like, than they were in NXT. It's not always WWE's fault. It often is. Sometimes it's the talent's fault, right, you, and sometimes you, they don't take advantage of opportunities. Uh, you're, you're going a little too macro here, and you're sounding a little bit like you work for WWPR. I, I'm not talking about ruining them. I'm talking about, talking, I'm talking about I just made a point that outside of Elias and Samoa Joe and maybe the man— You're Becky saying Lynch, they ruin people. They uh, don't no, not ruin, ruin everyone. Not ruin. I'm saying they give you a watered-down version because you get outside of the NXT booking style where it's more about the story and the wrestling than it is about the other things— and you're putting it through the lens of WWE main roster and 50-50 booking, and inevitably, outside of those names I mentioned, nobody ends up looking as cool, dominant, powerful, uh, you know, all name it across the board. From the ability to cut promos, everyone is now taking a backward step on the main roster than where they were when we first fell in love with them in NXT. So it becomes disingenuous to put out a special like Halftime Heat in which you're announcing in that promo, we are the best in the world, no one's better than us, when you're going to take what makes that best in the world and then essentially water it down to the masses. Yeah, but I mean, wrestlers claim that about themselves. Other promotions say that about themselves. What do you want them to say? Like it was a, like you said, it was an unscripted promo. They didn't, they didn't write that and make it part of the show. Those guys were backstage, amped up after putting on a slugfest, a slobber knocker, as Jr. would say. It was legitimately exciting. These guys are all adrenaline out. You know, they're they're freaking out, and they cut that promo and said they're the best in the world. That's true. I think you're reading too much into it. Just because WWE put that live, they put a lot of unscripted promos live that are way better than things that are on WWE uh, TV. Sasha Banks and Bailey actually just had one a couple nights ago. They do that all the time, and they're always better. And then we say, oh, why can't they cut that promo on TV? We said it about Mojo Raleigh for like six months. He was cutting sick promos, right? They weren't putting them on TV. So, yes, they, there is more flexibility on the network and on social media than there is on WWE TV proper. You can blame Vince for that, but – to, to give him a little bit of a break, he seems to know what the networks and what the fan base as a whole like more. And BC, like, no, he, we think about fans sometimes. what the bottom line wants more. We, that too, yeah, absolutely. But he's always thinking Selling short merch. term. He's yeah. never thinking if you put out the quality of NXT, you will in the long run win over more fans because it's a better told story stretched out on a whole. It becomes a – Possibly – I do agree with you, and I think that's possible, but you would still have to turn it up a little bit and make it a little bit more broad. Right now, NXT is very narrow in the audience it hits. In order to make it broad, by, by design, that's going to dissolve some of the greatness of it. Because you're going to have to – because you, you don't just have to reach a larger audience. You have to stretch it over a longer period of time unless you're simply talking about – Putting NXT as a one-hour show instead of SmackDown on USA Network, might, that might work. Booking one hour of live TV a week. I'm talking. They booked long-term. five hours of live TV. It's not going to be as good uh, as one hour of tape TV. It's I'm talking not. long-term about keeping Raw as Vince's show, doing it the Vince WWE classic style, and making SmackDown, you know, a, a trip's vehicle in the vein well, of it NXT. Be. 
Of course they're not going to do. And the reason why I'm having this argument now, when all the points I brought up and all the counterpoints you made are stuff people have obviously already heard on this show for two years. The point of it now is that times have changed. AEW is coming. NJPW was just red hot for a while. And the reason why is because they were doing something that's different that I feel like trips is smart enough. And he's taking elements about that something different and bringing it into NXT. But those elements are not making it to the main roster. And if AEW ends up, you know, even being 70% of what we think it will be, it will be by being different, simple, you know, old school. A lot of, a lot of the things that yeah, we love yeah. that we feel like, Hey, Ron Smackdown, why do you not have this? When again, WWE does have this in their own building. So maybe it's time to move some things around, bring the cans from the back of the shelf and put them on the front. So it, it is a good, it is a good point. And, and I, I want to make it clear. I'm not disagreeing with that idea. I think it's a great idea to, to turn SmackDown into that, right? The only thing that that might concern WWE in this situation, is, and it always seems to be why they tamper down SmackDown and they do things like have SmackDown lose all the matches at Survivor Series, is having SmackDown be too good that people stop watching Raw, and it's always been a concern forever. Even when people were, you know, on TV were saying SmackDown is the A show, right? It never was. Raw is always the baby. It's always the main show. It's the Monday night vehicle they've had since the beginning. And it seems like no matter what changes you'd want to make to SmackDown, they're never allowed to go to the level that you're asking them to go to because it might hurt Raw. Okay, but here's why they should do that. Here's why that's the answer. If they turn SmackDown into NXT style, and I mean completely across the board, have it looked night and day different from Raw, which essentially NXT does right now, and let's say it ends up getting more ratings. Isn't that your answer, Adam? Isn't that your answer that Trips actually is on the pulse of where wrestling should be now? Because he's taking, like we mentioned, the mixture of WWE style today, mixing it with the territory style of old, and mixing it with the new fresh indie style of now. Doesn't that show Vince, or at least fire, if Vince wants real competition, he has real competition in-house, in his own family almost in his own bedroom with his son-in-law, Paul. So let's make this real competition. Well, that's what Tripp's, I mean, that's what Tripp says every single time we interview him. Right, and he you goes, know what he also says? Our competition is NXT and SmackDown and Raw versus each I, other. I get it, and what do you, because every single time I've interviewed him, whether it's at a press conference after a takeover or on the phone, I've asked a different version of the same question, which is, will you have a problem if NXT gets too good, too, too popular? Will you end up having a problem? And what I'm really asking him is, are you going to have a problem with Vince? Because will it be enough to one day say, hey, Vince, look, your style makes a lot of money, but this could be even better in the long run. And his answer is always around this. It's always, well, as Vince says himself, there's different flavors of ice cream. And some fans, they only want vanilla. And other fans, they really like chocolate. Well, you know what, Trips? You got a new flavor, and it's called strawberry. It's NXT. Only you created it. You're the damn patriarch. You know how good it is. You need to take strawberry and put it where chocolate used to be. All right, it's time, bro. So that's the point because the times are changing. AEW's coming. And whether it works or not, it's the season to not have this anymore. It's the season to put your best foot forward. Let's get into some AEW talk, Adam, because that's why we do this podcast for competition, for creativity, for raw passion. And you know, AEW's arrival is bringing some of that out. And I don't necessarily believe this rumor that we've heard, and I don't believe the source either. But oh, the, sure, let's talk about it for 35 minutes. But the fact that it's out there, 
We've heard for days nothing. that there's a major WWE superstar who's in talks with AEW. Again, I don't want to confirm the report, even mention the site that's doing it. The fact that it's happening, this where there's smoke, there's fire. The and fact people that people are, are creating rumors means something? Using the name Randy Orton. So to so whatever... Wait, so you're saying, so you're saying wait, I just want to clarify. You don't, you don't want to confirm it because you don't believe it to be true. But the fact that people are making up rumors Can I finish? means something? So you're going to focus just on that when my point That's is That's what you this. said. It does mean something. I'm going to tell you what it means. Go ahead. So the fact that even somebody at the level of Randy Orton's name is being tossed around in this, whether it's true or not, whether it's partially true or not, or whatever, is accomplishing what we want, or at least what I want, because I'm never sure what you want. I think sometimes you, you hope everybody dies in a nuclear bomb except for WWE, and then they can continue to rule the world. But the point of this is we want competition. We want a 90s reboot of two major companies competing against each other where you don't know when one guy's contract is going to be up and he's going to show up on Nitro the next night. The fact that somebody at the fame level of Randy Orton, one week after we find out Dean Ambrose probably not coming back to WWE, Hideo Itami, who obviously doesn't carry the same you know, gravitas, but still another guy might not be coming back, could join what's going on over there at AEW. You got to be excited about this. Take off your hat for a second. What, am I, what, am I, what should I be excited about? Take Clarify. off the hat for a second. Clarify for me. What should I be excited about? Take off the hat for a second that's going to be far too focused on the website in question and the report because you did that same thing about the original AEW rumors when you and Meltzer were the only ones that missed it and get tuned in on the idea that whether it's, it and Meltzer didn't miss it. Whether it's Orton or not, the point is it's happening, Adam. It's happening. There are What pe- is happening, Brian? What is happening? Wrestlers are taking stock of their lot in WWE and saying, okay. do I want more? Do I want different? Do I want to be a maverick? Do I want to join? <laughs> they're asking if they want more money. That's what they're asking. So there we're going to so dismiss it and say this is only a power play. For no, money. no, no. Of course it is. Now, it, may, it might work. And they might say, you know what? Are they really offering me $3 million? Hell yeah, I'm going to go over there. Absolutely. There's, the realm of possibility for this is extensive. They could hire Charlotte Flair away. They could get John Cena. Hell, The Undertaker could be an AEW, BC. You know, I, I often they wonder could... if WWE actually does pay you to just squash everything independent. I'm not squashing anything. Show. I'm talking about you trying to make a point of something that isn't there. The, the, what AEW has done, what they have accomplished doing for wrestlers, they have finally given them negotiating power. Because in WWE, they could say, hey, look, we're going to pay you more than anyone else. Still not going to be too much, but we'll pay you more than anyone else, so be with us. And they say, okay, now they're actually able to negotiate from a point of strength. I don't give a crap that Randy Orton's name, that doesn't mean anything to me. It's anyone. Anyone with WWE whose contract is up, they may love WWE, but now they have the the ability to go into Triple H and say, or, or Vince or whoever's negotiating, and say, hey, I can match that offer over here and work half as many days. What are you going to do for me? And WWE comes back, hey, we'll give you five years and we'll double your salary. And they will because that's they're getting awesome. that Fox money. They're getting and that that's, NBC and, money. and that's awesome for the wrestlers. That's what I care about. But a BS, a potential BS report or rumor, hey, BC, I heard you're running for president in 2020. 
oh, let's talk about that now for 45 minutes. Well, what I'm saying Because I said it, because I happen to know what again, you're Again, you do. missed my point. My point isn't let's debate how Randy Orton would fit in an AEW, because, again, we don't know the degree of the levels. But the point is, it's happening. One week after Ambrose and Atami, Adam, it's not a coincidence that people are starting to ask for their leave. Of course not, because they're smart, and it's giving them negotiating power. It's great. Right. And it's they're great also for the considering actually leaving, which I don't get why you, you wouldn't You don't know, because you don't know that okay, they're actually you considering You agree leaving. that WWE has too much wealth. They have too many wrestlers and not enough time to give everybody the booking they deserve, right? That's why we get frustrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why wouldn't you cheer for this? Why wouldn't you cheer that AEW potentially could get a Randy Orton and could splash the pot? I feel like you're always looking to shoot them down because I don't know if you saw on Instagram. I'm not looking to shoot them down. I'm willing. I, I like discussing things that are real. Is AEW real? Because you, you didn't want us to discuss that last time. Okay. The, is, is Chris Jericho backing the company or did they, or did they sign him as a talent and did he get on his podcast? And detail the fact that when those reports came out, he had nothing at all to do with it. And they just signed him late in the process. And he was really thinking about going back to WWE. I don't know, BC. I'm ready for one, Conrad. Why why are you playing Conrad on our podcast? I'm curious about that. Because he's talking about revolution, which is. You think he plays us on something? Which is our mission statement. Oh, now you're anti Conrad. Now now, now we're in podcast. I'm not anti anti Conrad. You wouldn't let me cut like a Meltzer audio or or a Jericho audio one time because you're like, we don't do that. But we're going to put Conrad on this show? Oh, yeah, because Conrad did that at an AEW event, which is we oh, okay. run WWE sound all the time. Oh, okay, yeah, all your boys. Let, let me chat you up on that, all right? Wow. Wow, this guy's so sour. All right, let me hear how sour you are on this. Did you see Finn Balor's Instagram account? No. Did you see him posted a picture with no su- subject ha- headline about the names or anything involved with him and Chris Jericho doing the Finn freeze? Nice. I'm just saying, Ferg. I'm just saying, Fergal. There's plenty of room for you on the other side. Yeah, there's also a really nice year ahead of him for him as an intercontinental champion coming out of WrestleMania. Oh, that's great. That's great. Or he could be a top guy and have creative freedom and swear again on the microphone like he, like he wanted to. Okay? <laughs> sure. Listen, How do you know? Uh, oh, oh, so now they're going to they're gonna be TVMA? They're going to be able to curse? Here's what I'm saying. Well, they might. If they you know, on, you if know they this? On, if yeah, they get on pay cable, they can. But here's my point on this. <laughs> you, you've done this since day one. You sh- you piss on everything. That I like talking about things that are real. If you want to discuss, if you want to discuss how how AEW is giving WWE talent leverage, both the, to potentially okay. leave or to get raises and do things like that, that's fantastic. I'm down to talk about it. I just did. I'm the very happy for that. The way you react shows your true hand. The way you react shows. Uh, the way you're so instantly dismissal, and you can try to say it's more about the fact that this is a report. No, it's more about the fact that you don't want anybody else to succeed. And that's ridiculous. WWE's not you, giving us you, their 100%. You literally, you're one of these people. You, like, create your own, like, real, real you create your own reality. Things I, I don't say that you put into my mouth, saying I'm hedging when I'm very clearly explaining my points on things. You just like to create this, like, fake persona of the Silver King that doesn't actually exist. But you, you like to push it on our listeners. The listeners hear what I say. I'm happy for AEW existing. I'm going to watch it. I probably will love it because I assume it's going to be really good wrestling with really talented performers. What we really should be talking about is the fact that they signed Pentagon and Phoenix. That's the actual news with AEW that we could have had a really great discussion like, oh, my God, how cool is it when they announce Kenny Omega in a couple days? We're going to have Omega Pentagon for the next five years. That's going to be great. But instead of that, we're talking about some BS made up thing so you can try to goad me into into fulfilling this character that you want me to be. BC, that's not how it works. No, I want my, you to be excited. My opinions are real. I want you to be excited and you crapped all over and that's fine. But, you know, I didn't crap all over it. Had you brought up things that actually were real and mattered. 
I would, dude. We could have talked about it so for we thirty can't get minutes. Excited Pentagon. that the winds are changing. We can't get excited that the Ambrose thing happened. We I just said say. it's great. I just said it's great that these guys have negotiating power, and it's a huge benefit of AEW existing. That's awesome. But right. your end you game again is back to Brian, WWE. Your end you game. You don't is... know that Ambrose is going to AEW. Ambrose may do nothing. You don't. He may go to Ring of Honor. He may go to Impact. Who the hell knows what this guy's going to do? Right, you're right. Let's not be excited at all about the potential. Let's because I'm not saying not to be excited. I'm saying let's not contract. talk about things that aren't real. It's a podcast. We talk about stuff. We say, hey, imagine we do future booking and fantasy. We say, hey, you know what would be really good? This happening. And you know what would be really good? Competition, Adam. There's a line in the sand. You will define your future by declaring which side you're on. You may say in word that you're on this side, but in action. Okay, and, so now, so in now, action I, I and lie, reaction, so now I lie every time I speak. That's in action and reaction, you often show that you're currently standing over that line trying to so piss now, it away. So now every time I speak, whatever I say that might agree with you is a lie. I don't really believe it. Even though I'm blatantly honest on this show for good, for better or for worse and have been for the entire two years that this show has existed. But only when I talk about AEW, I'm lying. That's what I, you're I'm saying. Trying to get in, I'm trying to get to the, to the root of it. That's what I'll you're saying. There. You're saying I'm being disingenuous when I talk about AEW, when yes. I praise AEW. I think you want them to fail. Why I would I do, do that? Why? That's if, what if, we've been trying to why figure would I out do for that? a while on the show. And we'll get there. We'll keep Because you don't have an answer because it's BS. Well, I, I often wonder if you are taking WWE checks, but if that's not the thing, then all right. I got. Well, Look, I got there are things. More. There are things I would like WWE to pay me to do for them. Praise them is not one of them because I don't do it. I don't do it here. I don't do it on Twitter. I criticize them all the time. But if they want to pay me to write promos and fix their storylines, they can pay me. Silver King's bank account is open, and it's because you criticize them all the time that I don't get why you wouldn't be more pro AEW. But here's the because thing. I'm because I'm not because you're making it up. That's no, why no, no. I, I I read the Slack messages. I, I I can hear Jimmy. I know what's going on. Hey, here let's let's hear from one of our our prime listeners. Hey, Kentucky Long Rifle. It's Mick Johnson from Down Under at Mick underscore Johnston. Mick Johnston. He says, "Hey, really enjoyed Randy Orton's ring work on SmackDown this week." BC question: Who is his mania opponent? Personally, would love to see him and AJ find their way into a program. Get Randy Orton caring. And they could be a cheek, sneaky chance to steal the damn show in April. He also adds, just remember, consistent quality contributions like this when deciding your Mount Rushmore for State of Combat. Look back. Your man, Mick underscore Johnson, is an SOCOG and has quietly racked up an impressive list of callouts on the best darn pod in the game. Who could forget me calling out Buddy Murphy winning the Cruiserweight Championship in Melbourne on April 4th last year? Maybe there are others more deserving, but get me in the conversation. Mick, I forgot that you did that, but you know I love me some Buddy Murphy, so... From the moment we saw him, we thought, sex. Yes, we did, yes. Can you answer his question about Randy Orton, Silver King? So, I... I want to be honest, but I don't want to criticize a listener who I like. Okay, so I'm just going to say this. Of course, Buddy Murphy was winning the title in Australia. He's Australian. Of course, Randy Orton and AJ Styles are probably WrestleMania opponents. They're both in this match. They're not going to be, in, they're not going to be champion. AJ Styles has already had his run against Daniel Bryan. And Meltzer reported that AJ Styles and Randy Orton are planned for WrestleMania. So, like, I'm not trying to hate on you, man. I'm simply saying, yeah, that is the plan. Like, and it's, and it's the right plan. Because Randy Orton and AJ Styles is going to be a barn burner. And Randy Orton last night against Mustafa Ali was freaking awesome. And I was talking to Jack online, Jack Crosby. You guys have heard him occasionally on the show. I was talking to him. I said this to UBC, and I don't know if we've ever t- discussed it on the show. The RKO is the best finisher in wrestling history. 
I, it's there. It's there. Yeah. Uh, you can't number argue. number one. Not even. I won't even accept an argument. You can't argue against I, it. Is at least at the very least, I'll say you can't argue against it. It's one of those two or three that's right there. First one you think of, right? Here's why people don't kick out of it. Okay, it's devastating. It looks great. You can do it in a myriad ways. Um, you've seen some exceptional ones, including the one last night and the step, the Seth Rollins step up at the WrestleMania like kickoff show or whatever that was. Um, and you need a finisher that you can both hit suddenly without a lot of preparation and that when you're a face, you can call out. So like when he bangs his fists on the canvas and he slithers around like a viper and then jumps up and does it, right? It fits every single criteria for a finisher. You can do it off ladders. You can do it off, off tables, etc. Whereas something like the Hammerlock DDT, as an example, from, from Andrade, Cien Almas, uh, takes like five seconds to set up. Right. Skull crushing finale takes a minute to do the styles clash takes a little while. Usually don't jump into that. This is sudden. It's effective. And they always sell it. It's the best finisher in wrestling history. Yeah, I do like it better than it's uh, contemporary comparisons of the uh, DDP uh, diamond cutter and the uh, stone cold stunner of all that category of revert, you know, inverted or not neck breakers. I think it's the it's certainly the best. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, there's there's I got favorite finishers that just mean a lot to me, like uh, Bad News Brown's ghetto blaster. But I don't think there's a more effective quick when it hits, you know, it's the end. Maybe Jake Roberts original DDT because that came at a point where we hadn't really seen that and they protected that move unreal for so long that you know the announcer would say hey jake what does ddt stand for and he'd say the end um that's just the best thing ever but it's yeah, awesome I'll it's better than that. it was de- it was definitely better than alexa bliss's ddt uh, yeah yeah that's right and randy uh aj give me that give me that in my veins hey uh last uh one i have here adam on dm slides from that same guy doug spare tire at doug coutier He's fired up about Tyler Bate Velveteen Dream and the final of the World's Collide Tournament saying it was hot damn fire. It was at least as good as any match on the TakeOver card. It may have been edited for the show, but this match is flawless. Both these guys need to be on the main roster yesterday. Uh, All right, Doug, here's the deal. You got me fired up. I hadn't seen it. On your recommendation, I saw it. I think he overplayed it a little bit. Still, guy still hasn't seen the Mae Young Classic, by the way. I think he overplayed it a little bit. I watched it. It was, it was good. I was entertained. I, I, I don't know if I was like, I, I didn't, I don't know if I, you know. Adam, did you watch this thing? Yeah, yeah. He's he's overstating it, but it was good. I mean, it was entertaining. Uh, the entire Worlds Collide was good. There were moments, moments in individual matches that were great. It was a really small audience. There wasn't a lot of excitement. But more importantly than the matches themselves, in the last week, WWE has strapped a rocket to Velveteen Dream. Spoiler alert, so fast forward 30 seconds, Velveteen Dream won the World Collide Tournament and got the pinfall in the Halftime Heat match. That is massive. I mean, they are putting this, they put this guy above 205 Live talent, NXT UK talent as the number one guy in that tournament that included a couple really big names. And they had him win that halftime heat show that I do think a lot of people watched. That's awesome. You don't They're have to say actually doing alert something. If it already aired, I mean, let's be honest there. No, some people haven't gotten around to watching it yet, so I spo- I, I try to be careful. Um, do do not do not tweet at the Silver King if you have. More importantly, why have you still not watched the Mae Young Classic? 
you know, I, I'm pretty sore about that comment with you saying it's as good as the Cruiserweight Classic when I don't the best see... the best of it is as good as the best of the Cruiserweight. Uh, I just Classic. don't see how it could be. I don't see how it could right. Well, yeah, because why? Because women can't be as good as men. No, it's just because I saw the first May Young and I tournament. I thought yeah, it was hor- Oh, the first May Young was, t- but I agree with you. The first one was not good. This one in the end, the the best matches are as good. All right, one day, one day I'll take it up when I can. Conf- when I get to the root of your AEW sore. And by the way, I it's a unanimous it. thing that our listeners agree with: is that you need to watch it. Every tweet I get is, "You're right, Brian's wrong." You pay, you go to come in my, on my back all the time. Gross, Andre. Um, hey, you know what I hated about Raw, and I hated most of Raw because not because it was awful, but just because it it wasn't anything. Um, the build to that main event match and the whole Kurt Angle retirement. Get off my t- get off my screen. And it was to, weird, yeah. And then to end it without a Jason Jordan reveal. Adam, the whole time you're going, all right, this kind of sucks, but guess what? Jason Jordan's going to come back and rescue his father. He's going to pull the mask off of him at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, and he's going to just save his dad, right? No. We got a DQ finish on a move that isn't even remotely DQable, and we got a hodgepodge of people attacking each other. What a... What a, I mean, can we bring in Gene on this? Uh, R.I.P. to the great Gene, but... Uh, Look at all of this crap in this ring! I mean, let's bring in Jim Cornette for a second. This match was a slap in the face to every wrestler that takes pride in his profession. What the hell was that? You, that's your yeah. main event that you build toward? That's the biggest problem. It shouldn't have been the main event. should have been on the if show. If they did it, it shouldn't have been on the show. But if they did it right after the segment, that would have been one, th- like, earlier, like, midway through the show, that would have been one thing. It made no sense to be there. Like... I thought they would sell like they they hyped up the angle thing, and it was going okay. Angle in the ring, I was like, all right, let me see where this goes. I'm ex- I'm interested. And then as soon as Corbin came out, I go tag match because you knew that that McIntyre would follow, and you knew that and you definitely knew Braun. I I knew Braun Strowman was going to save him. I mean, obviously he's the one who has a problem with McIntyre and Corbin. I, I think it's more than anything else a placeholder for Braun, but uh, yeah, it was terrible. It wasn't good, and it shouldn't have been the last. It, it, you can't end a show like that. Look what they did on SmackDown. They had the, five, the six guys in the Elimination Chamber go absolutely nuts, hitting their finishers, really exciting. They had the Orton RKO on, on Ali, all that great stuff. Samoa Joe tapping them out, everything awesome. Contrast that with the end of Raw, where you're just like, oh, okay, Braun and Kurt Angle are standing tall. Cool. Yeah. You just... Braun sucks, by the way. I've said it. I mean it. Oh, wow. This guy's salty Silver King with the sword. Yeah, he he's not good. Do not misquote him. He, wow. Yes, yeah, salty Silver King. That, that's, that might be the new persona. That might be the, the new, uh, the new thing there. Uh, the only other thing going on in, in wrestling, uh, I don't know if there's anything else going on. I think well, I'm ready to I close did, this I actually show. did, I actually wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask your opinion on the EC3 segment. That's it. Alexa, that's the other one. With Alexa Bliss. Cause here, here's the thing. So I've said every time they've done that, right? They got to cancel this moment of bliss thing. It sucks, right? But but when it started this week, I was like, wait a minute. This one's actually good. They've turned the corner. Now, maybe it's because, look, bliss was flirting and, you know, she's hot and that's all fun, fun and games. Um, and EC3 got to be out there, which we haven't really seen much of him. And he was able to kind of shyly smile and look like the guy that she was talking about, which was great. And all that was good. But then they have Nia Jax come out. And yes, I know she's supposed to be a downer. It's the role that she's trying to play there. But she's so bad on the mic. <laughs> and and it is X-Pac heat. I was right about that. I, I was right about it from the beginning. 
people don't want to see her. And even if they can tolerate seeing her, they do not want to hear her. It's horrible when she's on the mic. The only thing that saved it was Dean Ambrose. He was fantastic. That was the most comfortable it looked like he had been this week and last week, actually, with trips and this week. By far the most comfortable he's been since his return. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Debbie Downer to Monday Night Raw. Yeah, you nailed it on Naya. It's getting worse every single week. Dean was great. I wonder if the freedom of being gone is just completely released him. And, and, and look, again, if it ends up being a work, it's a great work. But he's getting buried now. I mean, he took a straight-up clean loss to EC3 one week after getting beat up by Naya and a clean loss to Seth. And even though he was but great, isn't that But isn't that what you would do? It is. It is. I still don't. I still don't think we're going that direction. But again, look, they've planted enough seeds, which may, again makes you wonder if they're telling him. There's, this. It's so much, and the last two promos have been awesome. Not good. Not better. Awesome. It was really entertaining with trips, and this was really entertaining too. It's like if it's not a storyline, then they're. It, here's the thing. It's going to be the storyline. The question is, do they pay it off with him actually staying? Or do they write him out that way and just sell us? Like, yeah, we buried him on the way out. That's what we did. Because that's clearly what they're doing. But, I mean, it was great. Like, I, it got good. It started good. It got bad with Naya. And then it was good after that. And the match with EC3, I thought, for being what it was, was fine, too. I hope they do well by EC3. And here's the thing on this. He's not an elite-level wrestler. You know, he's, he's, he's Bobby Roode, basically. And that's fine. But he's got a great look. And... What Vince does with people we like is take one thing about them that he thinks is redeemable and then overplay it. He adds way too much salt on it. It's taking Bobby Roode, who was you know potentially a good smug heel, and saying, oh, he's got that glorious thing, so now he's a, a freaking glorious clown. And it feels like with EC3, he's already just saying, oh, look at him. He's got a great body. So let's make it all about putting baby oil on his abs and just, uh, you know, I, I hope that they let him be what he is, which is a, a, a stuck-up heel. I hope he, they let him be that. I hope he's going to get to attack people. Not great in the ring, but has a persona on the mic that I think they can do something with. And look, you mentioned Moment of Bliss. Um, I mean, how much more do we, do we have to spell it out? That was PG-13, and it was uh, it was hot fire. So uh, let's see more and it's, of that. And it's just the suggestion of it. It's not actively going out there and, you know, Saying, hey, look at his package. You know what I mean? Or, or something like that. It's the suggestion of, wow, she's attracted to him and she's making a pass at him, right? And then, by the way, line of the week on commentary from Corey Graves. Um, I forgot how it went down, but Renee Young said something like, oh, uh, like a, a big win for EC3 tonight. And Corey's like, well, that may not be his last one. It was something like that. It was a really, really funny line. Um, but you're right. It, it's one thing that they fail doing in main roster, when you talk about bringing people up from NXT, it's taking people who are better as heels, not just over as heels, but better as heels, and making them faces for no good reason. Bobby Roode is the perfect example. The fact that Bobby Roode still has not been a heel on the main roster is a joke. Why? Because of his music? Come on. He Let the crowd sing along to his music and then boo him when he starts talking. EC3 should be a heel as well. In total agreement with you. And while we're talking about uh, NXT to main roster changes and moves bc did you see we lost uh, two more last names yeah heavy machinery um yeah that's vince you know that's vince here's the thing i will admit I, I admit when i'm wrong i was actually wrong about elias i was pissed that they took away samson i thought it was a joke i think he's an artist he should have two names right 
it works for Elias. It really does. But this Andrade crap is garbage. The guy's nickname is Dozer. So now he's just Otis? Like, you, you might as well make him one of the Godwins at that well, point. That's what, notice, is, is Vince trying to turn Otis into one of the Godwins? Well, he certainly is. He, he loves the idea of having that type of uh, hillbilly, uh, uh, you know, sidekick guy to, to do jokes with. But uh, they're already going away from stakes and weights. Even though they have the knee pads with stakes and weights, they never mention it. And what's that new thing they have? No, they did the, they were doing the, the protein shake thing, and they dropped the steak in there. I mean, yes, they have not done but they're the actual them blue collar, and... blue collar strong is what they're calling them. Like, come on, we don't need that. We don't need blue collar strong, dude. They're heavy machinery. They're stakes and weights. Come on. Again, it's taking what we loved about them on NXT and that not being good enough and Vince having to try to Vince them up into some 1988 comedic thing. And it's like, I love that Otis can do the worm. I don't need Otis to do the worm every single episode as the main reason why he's getting over. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, they, and they do the bushwhacker thing, too. Um, I said this when they split Enzo and Big Cass, and I was right, that Big Cass's career was over. If they're going to split Otis and Tucker Knight, and Tucker Knight's career is over. It's going to yeah, happen. Tucker Knight's a, a, an obvious Gennetti here. There's no question about it. Uh, I like him, too. It's just not It's it's not fair. It's unfair. No. And I was right about uh, the Perfect Ten, too. Can we send the Perfect Ten back to NXT where he belongs? Can we not call up guys who have no business being called up? Can we kill No Way Jose because he's only doing Adam Rose's lame gimmick to begin with? Stop bringing up people just to... But Adam Rose, they at least, like, kind of pushed yeah, for a tried. little while. Yeah, they tried. They tried to give him a personality and do things. They never him. gave No Way Jose a chance. Not that no, he should have really had This is a second-rate joke. And, and I don't like if – and, again, it goes back to this. If Vince is going to pull somebody up just to create a second-rate joke, then just leave him on NXT. We got to get to a point where it's not a, a death sentence to stay on NXT forever. Well, Triple H does mention when we do interview him that they when they bring people up there to fill roles. So these guys were probably brought up primarily to work on house shows. So that the entire rosters don't have to. And there is something to be said about that. And they are making more money. And look, not every guy is going to go over. You know, you can't ask everyone to be champion. You can't ask everyone to get pushed, right? But Dillinger, he could be someone on NXT, a featured player. He probably could have had a title run. Not that it would have been great, but he probably could have for a month, right? And then lost it on NXT TV. Um, but like, no, no way, Jose. He can. I'm fine with him on the main roster. Just do I'm, not put him on TV. I am not fine with that repeated bad gimmick. And speaking of mailing Katie Vick. No, no, Trips. We're not talking about that anymore. In fact, we're not talking about anything anymore. It's time to end the show. It's time to say goodbye, Adam. Um, what, oh, you got any uh, inventory to take? What, what, what's going on here? Not really. Um, we kind of discussed all the feel spots that I had in the week. I mean, Halftime Heat was awesome, and, and the Worlds Collide was pr- pretty good. Not, not great. But my throat is killing me, so I do think that we should say goodbye in the show. Don't forget, uh, five-star reviews on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, as PC mentioned, at State of Combat on Twitter, at B. Campbell CBS, at Silverstein Adam. You can always find us. We're always happy to answer your, your questions and your DM slides. And you can always tell Brian how right I am all the time. It always makes me feel good. Please weigh in, folks. Weigh in on this. You can you can smell what Adam's really cooking here about AEW. Come original. Come clean. Guys, the interview's over. Interview. Interview's over. You understand? Done. We out.